An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train! Episode 358, submission number 1538, Uncle Crocs Block. Uncle Crocs. <laughs> Got that on one take, I should say. <laughs> Uncle Crocs Block aired on ABC from September 6, 1975 to February 14, 1976. Or God knows how many episodes. 16. Thank you. And also, I should state 16 episodes. Two more than the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> Isn't it one? I thought it was 15. It's more than the Hudson it's Brothers Razzle Dazzle. 16 episodes. Don't bury yeah. the lead. Okay. Which means this show's quality. Quite quality. In fact, listen to the theme music. Wait, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. Stick around for this entire episode. It's not quality. Welcome to Uncle Croc's Block, the greatest show there is. My name's not Croc. Nutty people, man, we got them. Wait till you meet old Bottle Bottom. Cut, it's Basil Bitter Bottom. You can't anchor us, crocodile. I'll crock it to you. I'll baffle your beanie with Captain Marvel's and Junie the Genie, the 695 man, too. And Bogey Bear, that old crockeroo. When the nuts from mush drop by, everything's bow-wowie. Miss Invis disappears, and Billy Bratson yells Shazowie. Brady Cat is scared to death. He's lived eight lives and only has one left. But Quacky and Packy don't mind. Open evil keeps crazy time. Listen to your uncle's clock. I'm the only alligator who can talk, so all you crockeroni. Welcome to Uncle's Rock Block. This is what happens when you give Mike the schedule, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> From the creators of the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Hour pick. We Boy, have you know, I I I did so well. With Madam's place, now it's going down the shitter again. Yes, yes, it is. I, I I did well for one week, and now all hell's gone broken loose. You know, guys, I don't think it's often we talk about on this show about a show that a celebrity just like has hidden off their resume. And what I mean is, this show, as you heard in the open. Stars Charles Nelson Riley, but you never heard on, well, obviously Match Game wouldn't say it because this is an ABC show, but you never heard from Uncle Croc's block, Charles Nelson Riley. Was it that bad that he was trying to hide it from his resume? <laughs> I see Chico nodding, and yes, that's one way of phrasing it. This is, yeah. It's going to be one of those episodes. Oh, boy. It not uh, Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, rotating cast of characters here, and we'll go over the typical structure of an episode in a moment, but 
All I can say is, my God, you know how to pick a mic. Well, now I should clarify. This goes back to probably about December, maybe November. And after we recorded a couple of episodes one night, I went on this unexpected deep dive. I don't remember what I was looking for, but I ended up on Uncle Croc's block and I told Chico and Greg, this is absolute crap. We need to cover it as soon as possible. And as soon as possible is this moment right here. This is so outrageously bad. And that's just taking into consideration the live action parts of this show. Because this actually was essentially a takeoff of the old cartoon shows where you had some goofy host. I'm sure every city had one. We had a couple here in Cleveland. And I'm sure New York had some. And even if you look at Chicago... I'm even thinking maybe to a lesser extent, maybe like a Steampipe Alley. Oh, yeah. But I don't think Steampipe Alley had as many horrible cartoons. No, Mario Cantone's better than that. WWOR New York was better than that. Yes, I remember watching Steampipe Alley as a kid. You know another one I remember watching? Because it is March 10th as we record this, and it is Mario Day. And to keep it on theme, King Koopa's Crazy Cartoons. KTTV in Los Angeles thought to pair a locally produced cartoon show with the then-new Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which we covered in a previous entry. Well, you know, we could have even mentioned the Super Mario Brothers Super Show because, again, that was... Real life, you know, comic stuff with Captain Lou. And then you had the cartoons. Maybe not as corny as this is, as corny as maybe a localized TV show uh, might be. But still in the same sort of vein where you had live action, then you had cartoons, and you had more live action, and maybe another cartoon and more live action. And the names they got for this show are absolutely legendary. But, again, you don't hear these names being associated with this show. For good reason. We'll get into the reasons why later. There's, like, one or two huge reasons. But, uh, again, this is just so stupid. And uh, we should start off talking about Uncle Croc. Well, you heard again in the open, Uncle Croc is played by Charles Nelson Riley. Recent Hall of Famer Charles Nelson Riley, I should say. Got to put a little respect on the name. I don't think we need to go over his resume, but we talked about him in Lidsville, and he did Ghost of Mrs. Muir, and obviously he's done more match game than any human on the face of the earth, outside of Richard Dawson probably. Just a legend. Now, again, on this TV show, they had recurring segments. And those recurring segments included characters. And among those characters, we had, oh my gosh, Captain Clangaroo. Boy, I wonder who that's supposed to parody. And with Captain Clangaroo came 
Mr. Mean Jeans. A parody of Mr. Green Jeans from... Oh, Craig, you're dying, and we haven't even gotten to the best of these yet. This is going to be one of those episodes. Uh, you also had Sherlock Domes. <laughs> and accompanying Sherlock Domes was Dr. Watkins. And then you had a witch called Witchy Goo Goo, which is a parody of Witchy Poo from H&R Puff and stuff. You also had Junie the Genie, which is a parody of Genie from I Dream of Genie, with a tinge of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You had Billy Bratson. Not Billy Batson, Billy Bratson. Who says the word Shazawi to transform into Captain Marbles? Well, I guess it's timely, considering we've got Shazam 2 coming out in a few weeks. So would Captain Marbles be better known as Shazawi now, then, by those rules? Yeah, by those rules, I guess. I haven't even gotten to the worst one yet, guys. Oh, what is the worst one? I'm curious, uh, what is the worst? Oh, well, think about what TV show was really big in 1975. And I believe this is an ABC. The Six Million Dollar Man. Steve Austin. Yeah. Well, on this show, we had Steve Exhaustion. Oh, my God. The $6.95 Man. Hold on. Hold on. If I started a parody wrestling federation, you know what my top star would be? Rock Horde Steve Exhaustion. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then there are two other characters that occasionally showed up. Oh, and I should say, this happened in a segment called Star Time. These were the stars of Star Time. Captain Clangaroo, Sherlock Domes, Billy Bratson, Steve Exhaustion, the $6.95 man, and Old Fogey Bear, a manic depressive bear that's a parody of Yogi Bear, and Miss Invis, a woman who falsely claims to make herself invisible. Now I think I need to go over the names. Okay, I went over the characters, but when you hear about the names behind the characters, it's going to be like, wow, they got great characters and great personalities, but they're doing this crap? So, uh, Mr. Mean Jeans, I don't have a person playing Captain Clangaroo, but Mr. Mean Jeans was played by somebody we've talked about in the past, Hunts Hall. Hunts Hall? Did we he talked about the... him. We talked about him. We did? The Ghostbusters. Oh, we did, yeah. Well, yeah, that would make sense because uh, Uncle Croc's block was produced by Filmation under the uh, direction of Lou Scheiber, Norm Prescott, Lou Scheiber, Norm Prescott, Lou Scheiber, Norm Prescott. Rotating, and Dick, yes. And Dick Rosenblum, non-rotating. Got a question. Yes. Yeah. Was he responsible for the Hunt's catch-up? No. Oh, well, I don't care. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, as Chico just said, 
this was a filmation production and we've talked about filmation in the past obviously we mentioned the ghostbusters and we also mentioned the ghostbusters cartoon in the late 80s but also we did talk about Lushimer and filmation and the general cheapness of filmation in star trek the animated series and jason of star command and jason of star command too and I, i'm sure there's other places they're going to come up Playing Sherlock Domes, recent Hall of Famer, Carl Ballantyne. So this is like the one time that he didn't play a magician, because we said uh, he's usually typecast as a magician. And playing his sidekick, Dr. Watkins, was Stanley Adams. Yes, from the Star Trek episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. Everything that goes back to Star Trek goes back to that episode. I find that very interesting. I know it's one of the most memorable, but it's just very interesting. Everything goes back to that. Playing Witchy Goo Goo, the witch whose Prince Conjuring spells always summons a never-willing Basil to her, is the one and only Phyllis Diller. Again, legend. Maybe not Hall of Fame status yet, but eventually. And, I mean, she's been on everything. She's been on everything from... She was originally on You Bet Your Life with uh, Groucho. She was a contestant on that. And then it goes all the way to the 2000s and 2010s, where for a while she was playing Peter Griffin's mom on Family Guy. And then did, like, everything else in between, including Match Game Hollywood Squares for a little while. All right. Junie the Genie who, as I said, was supposed to be a parody of Jeannie from I Dream of Jeannie. One thing we didn't mention is that she was allegedly a teenage Jeannie. Allegedly. She wasn't played by anybody who would have been anywhere near her teenage years in 1975. She was played by the legendary Alice Ghostly. Do I need to fill in some gaps? No. Ironically enough, she played great-grandma in... A 1997 episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She was a great-grandma Spellman, if I'm not mistaken. So it comes full circle from Ginny the Genie to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Playing Billy Bratson. I'm going to call him an underrated legend. Not with us any longer, but he's done so much stuff. Marvin Kaplan. I believe he was a regular on Alice. Well, where I know him from, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. He played Choo Choo on Top Cat. Nice. And if you want to hear a great interview with him, go to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Within the last maybe month to six weeks, they did an encore release of Gilbert's interview with Marvin Kaplan from literally like months before he passed away. A great episode. I feel that fills our quota of Gilbert Gottfried references for this month. Playing Greg's favorite, Steve Exhaustion, the $6.95 man. And that's the bottom line, because rock hard said snow. Oh, jeez. Oh, but this name... I'm going to make a case for him being in the Hall of Fame next year because we talked about him plenty. 
And uh, what I should mention about Steve Exhaustion, the $6.95 man, obviously there's the joke about the $6 million man, but he keeps breaking down. His arm falls off, his leg falls off, some sort of disaster goes wrong every time he shows up. Played by, and again, I'm going to make the case for the Hall, Robert Ridgely. We have talked about Robert Ridgely in the past. We talked about him and when things were rotten. He was on Boogie Nights. He was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. But also, every time we talk about him, I mention this. He played Chuck Fleck on the game show episode of Night Court. I am human sweat. <laughs> Bull, I want to be your love slave. <laughs> While we're on that sort of line of thinking, Mike, did you know you played the announcer for the Hollywood Showcase from the city of broadcasting in the feel-good film of 1996, That Thing You Do? You know what that means? He worked for at least one scene from Television City in Hollywood. Oh, you mean the place that's going to get renovated that's not going to have prices right anymore? Yeah. Sorry to dredge that up. Or American Idol, or Dancing with the Stars. Or Pressure Luck. Oh, oh. I wonder what the wave he's going to be doing. I'm already on the unemployment line. <laughs> I would have thought he would be moving to Haven Studios along with uh, Let's Make a Deal and Price, but. I got a retryout for my job. I think I still got it. Oh, whammy. I hope you don't lose your job to the cocaine bear. (laughs) Hell, I hope I lose it to the cocaine (laughs) bear. That would make the show fun. Oh, jeez. And then maybe that bear could give me some of the cocaine so I can. Sniff a little bit of it. Get in the action. Get out of here. Talk to Elizabeth. See if she can hook me up with some. Get out of here. Get out of here, Whammy. All right. Oh, Mike wanted to add some more shows that we talked about Robert Ridgely on. Oh, thank you, Whammy. We did talk about him on 10 episodes of Domestic Life, the Martin Mull show. We talked about that. But also, he was the voice of Pitfall Harry in the Pitfall segments on Saturday Supercade. So, yes, we're going to make a case for Robert Ridgely as a Hall of Famer next year. Oh, yeah. In fact, he's on the shortlist right now. I would put him in the Hall just for being Chuck Fleck on Night Court. And just for telling Dan Fielding he's a pervert for saying, I want to be your love slave. You're never going to get tired of saying that, are you, Mike? And also, I should add... Because I do this for Greg because I care about him. He was on an episode of Wings. Yes. And as we established 58 episodes ago for the first time ever on this podcast, which I <laughs> never before mentioned up to episode 100, as we all know, oh said for the first time ever, I love Wings. Was that 58 episodes ago? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That doesn't seem that long ago, but yet. Greg's going to remind us every episode, 
Hey, did you know that 187 episodes ago I first mentioned that I love wings? No sh- Sherlock. All right. <laughs> Can you believe before that I never mentioned I love wings? Oh. Never, never did. Never did. And we didn't even mention the two people that played alongside Charles Nelson Riley's Uncle Croc. Oh, I was going to get to them. That was the next thing I was going to do. The two people that we're going to talk about, one is named Mr. Rabbit Ears and another person that we've talked about. Another person we've talked about on numerous episodes. Not making a case for the Hall of Fame at this point. Maybe eventually. Alfie Wise. We're going to talk about him at some point because he was on Trauma Center with Lou Ferrigno. Uh, We've already talked about him, actually. I know we have. We talked about him in Legends of the Superheroes. Those famous two episodes. He played the Atom. And also, I, I, since it always goes back to this, he was on at least one week of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Well, he was promoting uh, Trauma Center at that point, so that makes complete total sense. And he was even on two episodes of Match Game PM back in 79 and 80. So he's had a career, to say the least. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know what the last credit he has? His last credit was 15 episodes of S Club 7 in Miami. Remember S Club 7? Remember back in the late 90s, early 2000s, where there ain't no party like an S Club party? Still better than New Monkeys. The correct order goes... New Monkeys, S Club 7, The Hudson Brothers. Still ran 16 episodes. More than the (laughs) New Monkeys. No, it's not the New Monkeys. It's New new (laughs) Monkeys. I'm sorry. How dare I put that extra... Article. Yeah, how dare I put that article You and your articles. Me, oh, me my, hold on. By the way, we didn't play the whole ad, but I watched the rest of the ad for Coke. And apparently, for some reason, it just ends with 10 seconds left. Like, even the ad itself was like, Fuck this shit. <laughs> One more name we need to talk about. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've ever talked about this person. Maybe we've talked about him once. Playing Basil Bitterbottom. No, really, that's his name. Basil Bitterbottom. He's like the director of the TV show. He's even holding like that sort of like crop type of thing, riding crop. You know what I'm talking about. That maybe your stereotypical directors might hold. Is Jonathan Harris. And again, I don't think we've talked about Jonathan Harris at all up to this point. And where we'd know him from, I shouldn't even have to say it, but I'm going to say it. He was Dr. Smith on Lost in Space. And you are correct, Mike. We have not talked about him, but we will eventually because he did two episodes of Arc 2, one episode of Sweepstakes, and, oh, Oh, my gracious. 26 episodes as Big Ben Healy on Problem Child, the animated series. 
I thought when you said 26 episodes, you're going to talk about the 26 episodes he was on of Foofer. Foofer didn't last 26 episodes. Wiki says it did. But yes, Jonathan Harris, legendary. One of the biggest villains in all of television history. Oh, Dr. Smith, legendary heel. Oh, absolutely, yes. So those are your characters in Uncle Croc's block or Uncle Croc's world or whatever you want to call it. A lot of this show was just like, it was skits from cartoons. The skits weren't really that funny. Maybe because Lou Scheimer went cheap on the writers. And also some of the other stuff in the show was just really weird and looked cheap. Like there was this bird that popped out of a cuckoo clock like Evil Knievel. Looked like a stunt person on a motorcycle called Cuckoo Knievel. And this happened when it was star time. So that's when uh, one of the people we mentioned earlier, Captain Clangaroo or Steve Exhaust and the $6.95 man appeared. And it looked so frigging cheap. I mean, you could actually see like the spring that held Cuckoo Knievel as he rode out of the clock and then rode back into the clock. And it was a typical filmation, Lou Scheimer, as cheap as possible production. And believe it or not, even though we're talking about these goofy and really bad comedy segments, we haven't even gotten to the worst part, I think, which is the cartoons they showed. There were three different cartoons which appeared in Uncle Croc's block. One of them was called Mush. Not Mash, Mush. Which was short for Mangy Unwanted Shabby Heroes. About sled dogs who worked at a medical outpost in the frozen wasteland of Upper Sabunia. And yes, it was a lampoon on M.A.S.H. The second one was called Wacky and Packy about a caveman named Wacky and his pet mammoth, his woolly mammoth named Packy, a Packy Derm. They got trapped in the cave and somehow ended up getting transported into modern times. Two million years. I saved the worst for last. The worst is called Frady Cat, which is about a cat who is on the last of his nine lives. And this is so stupid. They actually are on YouTube. Possibly every installment of not just Frady Cat, but also it looks like all of Wacky and Packy and at least a little bit of Mush is up there. Freddy Cat, what makes him so special, besides being on his ninth life, is whenever he utters the number or a homophone for a number between one and nine, well, for one and eight, ghosts show up in the uh, form of that past life. And if he says the number nine, a cloud shaped like the number nine, starts shooting lightning bolts at him, trying to kill him. So he never wants to say the number nine. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! He says the number nine. On almost every episode, yeah. Oh, on every episode. I, I saw 
today during lunch. This is how I spent my lunchtime. I saw like six or seven episodes and just every time he just walks into these traps. Oh, I've been sitting here for five minutes. Uh oh. Uh oh. I said the number five. And then the fifth ghost would show up. Like, really? You're just happy to be there. Oh my gosh, I've been sitting here for five minutes. Oh, I fell down this six foot well. What the heck? They're, I mean, they're just forcing these ghosts to show up. They're forcing and the comedy. Using the word comedy is very, <laughs> being very generous. I skipped through it as much as I could because it was really unbearable. But yeah, so the uh, cat, this uh, Freddy cat, the eight previous lives showed up whenever he said a number from one to eight. So number one was named Tinker Elephant Cat, which was a caveman that had his own dinosaur. He rode on top of a dinosaur, a brontosaurus. And I should add that generally these ghosts from previous lives do good. Not necessarily all the time, but generally they do look out for Freddy Cat. Number two would show up, even if he used the word two, T-O in a sentence, or T-O-O in a sentence, because it sounds like two, and then, oh gosh, I said two! And who'd show up is a kitty wizard. Number three was Captain Kit, a pirate. Number four was Sir Walter Cat, a noble cat. Number five was Billy the Kit, a cowboy. Number six was Jasper Cat Daver, an undertaker. Number seven was Eddie Kattenbacher, a pilot. Not Eddie Riddenbacher, Eddie Kattenbacher. And then number eight was Hepcat, a cat in a zoot suit. So supposedly this is supposed to be the chronological order of these cats' lives. Going from dinosaur to a medieval wizard to a pirate to a nobleman to a cowboy, then an undertaker, a World War I pilot apparently, and then the cat in the zoot suit probably from like the 30s or 40s. And if he says number nine, like I said, a cloud in the shape of number nine would show up and would try zapping him with lightning bolts. And one thing I noticed, and I didn't see all the episodes just because I don't have that much of a tolerance for crap, is that like two showed up all the time, three showed up quite a bit, four showed up quite a bit, and six. I didn't see any episodes where five, seven, or eight showed up. Not to say that five, seven, and eight didn't show up, but also the forced writing, as I said earlier, because Cloud Nine, that cloud that wants to zap Freddy Cat, showed up on an episode where, coincidentally, Freddy Cat is going to a club, and what's the club called? Club Nine. Oh, I'm going to go to Club Nine. Yikes! Here comes the lightning bolts. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, hey, Greg showed up. But yeah, the writing on this was just unbearable. And again, it was uh, a Lou Scheimer production. It was filmation. And it was absolutely horrible. And actually, you want to know how bad it was? This show started out as an hour-long show. That lasted for seven weeks. It got cut back to a half-an-hour show. And... From what I can tell, there were between 9 and 12 
cartoons for Freddy Cat and for Mush, but it looks like there's 30 cartoons for Wacky and Packy. And after the show got cut to half an hour, the only cartoon that survived was Wacky and Packy. But also, you want to know how bad this was? How bad was it? Apparently, this show did so bad that everything after it on the ABC lineup had horrible ratings. And Fred Silverman cut all ties with Filmation forever. Can you blame him? Maybe, maybe not. But also, Lou Scheimer and Filmation, they didn't get hurt too much in this. They got paid up front. So even though the show was junk, they got paid up front. Good job. And just taking a look at the competition, here may be part of the reason why it had bad ratings. It aired from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. to start. In the 10.30 block on NBC was something called Run Joe Run. But on CBS at that time was the second half hour of a little show. And we actually referenced it earlier in this episode with Billy Bratson saying Shazawi, the second half hour of Shazam. That'll do it right there. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this was around the time that Shazam and Isis were paired together. No, it says just Shazam. Oh, okay. And then the 11 o'clock half hour, Uncle Croc's block went up against Return to the Planet of the Apes. That was on NBC. And on CBS, Far Out Space Nuts. Ooh. Yeah, that one, it didn't last long. But the thing is, it ran in syndication forever, it seems. I remember that one from my childhood. But also, like you said, it did collateral damage because everything after Uncle Croc's block suffered because of just how many viewers it turned away. Now, admittedly, we're only talking about two cartoons, but there might be a third program that may have been affected. Uh, The two cartoons, uh, one is Speed Buggy, reruns of Speed Buggy. The other one, we've talked about this in the past. The Oddball Couple, which is an animated version of The Odd Couple with a cat and dog playing Felix and Oscar. We mentioned that somewhere in the past. I know we have because that's how I found out about it. But yeah, so the ratings of The Oddball Couple and Speed Buggy apparently took a little hit. So it was moved. After seven episodes, as I said, it was cut from one hour to half an hour. Depending on where you look at Apparently, most of the country, it moved to 1130 in the morning. Here, in both Cleveland and Akron, it moved to noon. But the one thing that it followed, at least here, and there's no way that ABC is going to accept any sort of lessening of viewers of this show. And I don't think it would have hurt this show that much. But at least here, where it aired at noon, what followed it at 1230... American Bandstand. You're not hurting Dick Clark. Just saying. No. In fact, uh, once Uncle Croc's block was Croc blocked. Ha! 
they ended up replacing the entire uh, hour at 11.30 with Speed Buggy. And then at noon with The Lost Saucer, which we will cover eventually. Maybe we should have covered it before this. Just saying, this is bad. This really is, from what I saw between the live action segments and the cartoons. Greg, I'm going to say it. You may not agree with me. This is worse than the Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle show. No, I believe it. (laughs) But yeah, this... There's segments on YouTube... Not full episodes, but you have a couple of segments with the $6.75 man. Edit. Sorry, I shortchanged in 20 cents. $6.95 man. You've got some uh, segments with Phyllis Diller uh, playing the witch. Uh, You have Alice Ghostly as the genie. I didn't see any with Billy Bratson. Maybe I wasn't trying hard enough for obvious reasons. Uh, I saw one with or two with Sherlock Domes and uh, Dr. Watkins. Didn't see any with the, the Captain Kangaroo takeoff. But this, I know they're trying to make fun of these locally produced shows where people are dressed as Superman or like a, a, a vampire. This was just absolutely horrifying. Greg, I saw one segment of this today and i said nope was it the six dollar 95 cent man because that's no. the segment i saw no it was just i saw Rick and charles in that crap costume and i'm like nope i'm done i'm done i just can't take anymore well this is the end result of me doing a deep dive late on a Friday night and saying, oh, guys, we got to cover this because this is a piece of junk. Maybe we didn't realize how much of a piece of junk this is. This is abysmal, abysmal. And the cartoons, again, not even that good. They're filmation cartoons. I think that's all I really need to say. Guys, I I don't want to steal one of Chico's lines, and this is a great line. But I think uh, we need to crock block Uncle Croc's block. Good. Yes. This didn't really hurt any careers of anybody on this show. Because obviously Carl Ballantyne, he had a great career. Phyllis Diller, legendary career. Alice Ghostly, legendary. Marvin Kaplan, legendary. Robert Ridgely, he went on to be Chuck Fleck. And Charles Nelson Riley, obviously that didn't hurt his career. He still thrived with Match Game and other TV appearances. Jonathan Harris, his career is safe. And Lusheimer, he got his money. So you know what? Even he didn't get hurt that much. Because they weren't paying on an episode-by-episode basis. They gave him the money up front. Good on you, Lou. Yeah, I actually have a semi-educational moment having to do with uh, Lusheimer and Norm Prescott getting paid up front. They planned 30 episodes of this show. Only 23 of them were ever produced, but Filmation still made a profit out of it because ABC paid for the entire series, even though production stopped midway. So Filmation still came out with enough money, presumably, 
to bankroll whatever their next project was. I believe it was the Tom and Jerry comedy show. The next project after that, on the other hand, was um, something having to do with Mattel's barbarian with a sword. Well, like I said, I think it's time to crock block this show. Let's erase it from our memories forever, just like Charles Nelson Riley did. Because, again, you never heard on Match Game from Uncle Crocs Block, Charles Nelson Riley. No, you just heard Charles Nelson Riley. I wonder why. And that might be one reason, one great reason, why this is just a thing on TV. Well, you know, I don't even like these types of segues, but damn it, I'm going to do this one. Well, you know, if you don't want to get crock blocked, go to itwasathingontv.com. We have 357 previous shows there, plus we've got live shows. We have two Hall of Fame inductions. We have mini-sodes. We have a whole lot of stuff going on. And, of course, don't forget our socials. We're at It Was A Thing On TV on Instagram. We are at the same handle on Twitter. We also have the Mastodon account. We also have the Hive account. We're everywhere, and also Facebook. We're there, too, but we're going to be at It Was A Thing On TV podcast. And also, don't forget YouTube, where all our uploads are located. And also, while you're over there, don't forget to subscribe, hit the notification bell, stay up to date with all our releases. And regardless of the platform you use, whether it's YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you find our show, leave a good review. Five stars, preferably. I I appreciate the honesty, but we've never done anything wrong to you unless you happen to be the ghost of Charles Nelson Riley, and we just poo-pooed all over your career. Later this week, we're going to talk about one of our favorite episodes that we've actually talked about numerous times. We're going to talk about a very special episode where something happens, something bad happens, and we don't want to talk about specifically what it is. You can't use this word no. Apparently in the eight o'clock hour. No, but, you can't say but, but, this but, at eight. But Greg, but Greg, you can use that word in the title of the episode. Yes, you can use it apparently in the title of the episode. Yeah, that's the irony of all this. Just a word for me to you kids. Stay away from the thoranoids. And also stay away from big dinosaurs named Dolph. Because, you know... He's got the thornoids. So we'll talk about that later on this week right here on It Was a Thing on TV. As always, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Saturday with episode 359 about that very special episode. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk to you later. Greg, give us a roar. Roar! Why did I have to say that so loud? Oh, I said to... Why does it sound like Tom Poston? Oh no! I think that was I think that was the bass, actually. I think. Don't quote me. I, I really didn't try doing uh, Tom Poston, but the thing is, while I'm watching this show, oh, I need to go get something to eat. Oh no! I said two. It's number two. Turn it off. Turn it off.
Turn it off! Ha, 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 ha.